This week we're going to be doing something very different on the show. This week we're going to talk about things that we as individuals and as a society need to redefine if we are to move forward as a more compassionate and just society. These are not an all-inclusive list, and these are not things that I feel that I cannot specifically talk to. And I'm also ignoring some of what I feel are the most obvious. Yes, we need to end racism, but I'm simply going to say we need to end racism and not spend a half hour on that, because I think that is one of the underwriting messages of everything that we need to talk about. So let's begin our redefinitions on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're going to be talking about redefining strength. And I think this is something that we need to do both as creatives and as a culture, because let's be honest, our definition of strength is not tenable. It's not sustainable, and it's a big part of what got us into the mess that we're in now. You see, the problem that we're having is that strength is being defined as very individualistic, and yet weaknesses are being defined both as individual flaws and collective flaws. And that just can't be allowed. Where we've gotten in our country, and I'm here in the United States and speaking specifically to the American culture, so I would be really interested to see how this relates to other cultures and societies around the world. So if you have any input on that, please do let me know. But here in this country, we have created this image of rugged individuality that is pure fiction. It's the story of the cowboy, the loner who went out to tame the West, who went out to tame the wild, and based on their own individual strengths, conquered whatever it is that they're doing. Now, this is related in no small part to, I would say, Western ideas of great man history, where we name eras after the people who set them. So we talk about the Napoleonic Wars, and while it's not wrong to talk about things like the Napoleonic Wars, the idea that Napoleon was the sole arbiter of what happened is insane. You can see this particularly when we talk about the Civil Rights Movement, especially in American schools, it's boiled down to one, maybe two people. So we talk about 
Martin Luther King Jr., and we talk about Malcolm X. Rarely do we talk about any of the other figures that were involved. Now, they do get shout-outs. So we talk about Rosa Parks and that one thing, and we talk about individuals here, there, and yonder. And we talk about them as if they were the sole arbiters of the success or failure of this movement. They weren't. And they would say that they weren't. For goodness sakes, just looking at Martin Luther King Jr. for a minute, if you've read any of his speeches or listened to any of his speeches, he's always talking about how we have to be strong, how we have to handle these things. We, as a group. Strength, as an individual, is fleeting and small. It's easily spent up. And once it's spent, there is no more. Once a person falls, they are down, they are weak, and they can be taken out. The real answer here is to start understanding strength as a community event. It's about our interconnectedness one with another. That's what makes us strong. The Civil Rights Movement had strength because of its cohesiveness. They marched in large groups. They shared a singular voice. And I'm not saying that in that it was just Martin Luther King Jr. or any individual person like that. The message was kept clear and simple and direct so that an answer could come. That's where strength lies. Being clear, being concise, rallying around a simple, not simplistic, but simple rallying cry so that we can, in our unity, show our strength. And you can see the people who do not understand how strength works. They believe that strength is a gun or strength is a bullet or strength is an armed force. Those are not strengths. Those are signs of weakness. Those are signs of failure. Once you've had to resort to violence, it shows that you have failed at everything else up until that point. Now, I'm not saying that in a way to castigate the people who are engaging in the protests right now. I'm not even saying that for the actual rioters that are out there. I understand their frustration. I don't condone it. Well, the results of it, but I understand. I completely understand where that anger and rage is coming from. But that is not power. Power is in unity. Power is in standing together. This is the one thing that the enemies of freedom have understood since the dawn of time in constructing narratives that do not care about truth, that do not care about reality, but that bring people together against a common enemy. The enemies of freedom have always utilized hate and anger and jealousy and pretty much all of the seven deadly sins to 
organize their people and to rally them to their cause. We cannot do the same because fear, as Hitler said, is the master. But you know what destroys fear? Love, compassion, unity destroys fear. Once you see we have nothing to fear, as Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Together, we are strong. Together, we can stand up and change anything. It wasn't one person, it wasn't Mahatma Gandhi that drove the British out of India. It was the movement that coalesced around him. It was the unity of the people who stood together that defeated an empire. That's what real strength is. That's how real strength works. And we have forgotten that. We have allowed this image of the superhero, of the action movie hero, this creature of myth and legend to creep into our minds to the point where we believe that it is the individual that matters. In these arguments of power and strength, individuals, for the most part, don't. Collectively, we are strong. Divided, we are weak. Our enemies have always sought to divide us. Always. And that's what they continue to do. Those who sow division are the enemies of freedom, and they show their weakness in every word. Because they know that they are alone, they know that they are isolated, they know that they do not have the numbers. So the only way they can pretend to have power is to continue their onslaught on our unity. If they can fracture and divide us, then, and only then, will they find a crack that they can slither through and take power and take control and drive us even further and further apart in hopes that we will never unite to stop them. Now, we have to stop thinking of strength as something possessed by the individual, but something that arises from community, something that we collectively, that we together have. Once we understand that sort of strength, nothing can stand in our way. Now, don't get me wrong. I can hear some of the rebuttals already, but Charlie, if I'm to be strong collectively, I have to be strong personally. Well, yeah, it helps. But you're not actually talking about strength there. You're talking about resilience. See, there's a difference between strength and resilience. They, they share many complementary and many ideas in common, but they're not entirely the same thing. You see, the people who went out into the desert, the people who went out into the West, the people who we look at as the pioneers of our country that this mythos is based on were resilient which means they were able to absorb the countless failures and continue to push through. 
See, that's what individual strength is, knowing that this time might not work. So I am going to try again and again and again. And I'm going to try something different each time, learning from the mistakes that I've made and working to improve not just my situation, but our situation. I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. A high tide raises all ships. And that's what we have to remember. This isn't a zero-sum game. This isn't a haves and have-nots board that we're playing on. You see, for us to be strong, everyone has to be strong. For me to have any safety, security, wealth, health, any of those things that we know we need to have food on the table, a shelter to keep us safe from the storms and the hot and the cold. For me to have that, we all need to have that from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top. And maybe even stop thinking about bottoms and tops, unless you're into that sort of thing. Because this is the real secret to life. We are in this together. It doesn't matter how well your family does. It doesn't matter how well your group does. If everyone suffers, we lose. It doesn't even matter whether you're coming at this from an atheistic evolutionary standpoint or any of the myriad of religious standpoints that exist in our country and in our world. If one of us fails, all of us fail. If most of us fail, all of us fail. When you're seeing mass casualties from a plague sweeping through your land, it doesn't matter if the elites make it out or not. There's not enough of them, and they are not skilled or competent enough to keep society going. You see, this is the continued lie that if you notice is almost always put into the mouth of the villain in all of our fiction. I'm going to save the elites, and I'm going to put them in my exclusive moon base, or my secret volcano lair, or whatever it might be, and then I'm going to destroy the world. And then we, the elites, will rebuild a perfect world in our image. That's like half the James Bond movies right there, right? And you know it's idiocy, because the elites don't have the practical tools. Understanding engineering is one thing. Being an engineer is something completely different. Having the theoretical basis of an idea and the practical application of it are two different things. Theory and practice often don't meet well in the real world because there are mitigating circumstances that the theory did not take into play until they're actually implemented and put into practice. So it requires that on the ground knowledge. It doesn't matter how good your engineer is that designed your car or your 
manufacturing plant for making the car, the workers are quickly going to learn what works and what doesn't work in putting that vehicle together. And for all the well-laid plans of mice and men, if I may quote another cliche here, yeah, reality likes to tear our plans apart. This notion that a few people at the top are the ones who should lead, who could lead, who are entitled to lead, because they have strength and power, and the rest of us just follow and do what we're told. That does not survive the real world. It never survives the real world. You see, the further away you are from the actual actions taking place, the more high concept you have to talk. Because at each stage down the ladder, more and more difficulties will present themselves, and more and more difficulties will have to be overcome, and the plan will have to be changed and modified and made more complex. That is the nature of life and the nature of our world. So to sit down and pretend that one person with their strength alone, or one family with their strength alone, or one ethnic group alone is all that you need, is a lie. And it's a tantalizing lie because it's built from the basic building blocks of our cultural mythos. The cowboy, the lone hero who stands against the odds. And you might try to argue certain individuals who have done that, certain whistleblowers. But they blew the whistle. It took the collective strength of society to come together to make the change. And that's where we have to change our definition. That's where we have to learn to be strong in a different way. Because as long as we see strength as something resting solely in the hands of an elite few, well, things aren't going to get better for us, for any of us. Because it's not the few, it's the many. If I may quote Spock here, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. The needs of the many are health care, shelter. I'm not even going to say employment, because I think that's something that's going to have to change with the rise of automation and everything else in the world. We're going to have to figure out how people have a living, not just make one. There are a lot of hard questions facing us as a culture and as a society going forward. Some of them are really simple. We can no longer, in any of our institutions or in any of our places, tolerate or allow racism, sexism, homophobia, or transphobia. Well, let's start with racism, shall we? Or do them all at the same time? I'm game. Are you? Because all of those are ideologies that divide us, that try to say that men are better than women or women are better than men, when we're all equal. We all have our strengths and weaknesses as individuals, but together, together they wash out and our strengths 
multiply, and support one another. And there is nothing that can stand in our way. So hopefully, through all this, we can start seeing strength as an act of collective action and not of individual will. Because one of these things is not like the others. One of these things does not belong. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you like this mini-series that I'm doing here this week. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on social media. I am C. Dorset C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you have a dollar and you can, you can afford to pass my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both the listener support and my Patreon. Listener support is exclusively for the show. If you just like the show and want to support it and see it keep coming to you, then listener support is a great option for you. If you want to support my writing and everything else that I do as well, as well as get some nice perks, check out my Patreon. I recently updated the perks over there, and I'm pretty excited about the stuff that I'm doing. Thank you to everybody who does that. It means the world to me. If you don't have any money right now or don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. I really understand. I really do. A lot of people I'd like to be supporting right now that I just can't afford to do it. But do share this podcast and anything that I do that helps out a lot because it, to get the message out, I have to buy ads and they're not cheap. So, you know, by just sharing it, you're actually saving me money and that's good. (laughs) So thank you to everybody who does that as well. Alrighty. I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and As always, until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.